This is the Manga Mavericks podcast from allcomic.com. We are a podcast not only dedicated to talking about manga as a medium, but as an industry. I'm Colton, and here you go, guys. Just like I said last episode, you are getting an episode of Manga Mavericks a week early. And um, just to explain why real quick, in case you may not have listened to the last episode... Uh, last episode, Sid and I were joined by Annalisa Christman and Wensley Dale Cheddar to extensively discuss Daisuke Ashihara's sports manga disguised as a battle manga, World Trigger, uh, which has been on hiatus since, uh, uh, I want to say about a year at this point, a year and a half. I forget off the top of my head. Um, but uh, yeah, we had a pretty fun discussion last, uh, last episode, and uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. But uh, the thing is, uh, we did the thing that we like to do where uh, we spend uh, way too long uh, recording a podcast and, uh, you know, we get to a point where it's like, oh, maybe we should just cut some of this out and uh, maybe release it as its own episode or release it in parts or whatever, because that's something we try to do a little more often now instead of releasing like four or five hour podcasts, even though the last podcast we recorded and released was about a little over four hours, but whatever. Sometimes these things can't be helped. Um, so just like I said last episode, uh, I basically cut out the part where we started uh, answering your guys' questions that you sent in for the show and basically decided to take those and make that into a whole episode on its own. So what you're going to be listening to is basically, uh, I want to say about the last 40 minutes to an hour of that discussion where Sid basically answers all of your World Trigger questions. Um, but uh, j- just a few notes before we head into the Q&As here. Um, so essentially, uh, we did have some technical difficulties. Um, so there are going to be a few sections of the podcast that I kind of had to cut, um, specifically because uh, Wensleydale uh, and his audio uh, basically kind of just just kind of stopped recording um, about I, I forget how long into the discussion, but there, there's basically a huge 20 minute gap where Wensleydale's mic basically didn't pick up anything he was saying. And we had to stop the show to basically try and figure that out and have him uh, start recording on a whole different track and audacity and everything. So um, unfortunately there was a portion of the podcast that I had to cut where uh, basically, I had to cut all the parts where we are clearly talking to Wensleydale because otherwise, uh, you would be listening to us talking to nothing. Um, so uh, there were some parts of the there were some parts of the show where Wensleydale did have answers to your questions, but we had to cut them because again, his mic didn't pick up on anything he was saying for about twenty minutes of the show. And also, I think I drop out and Annalisa drop out soon afterwards during the call because I had to go to work and Annalisa had somewhere to be. So we eventually had to drop out of the show. So we couldn't stay for the whole time. Uh, but uh, eventually, Sid and uh, Wensleydale basically powered through and uh, answered basically all of your questions. Uh, and so, yeah, so I, I just wanted to get some of that stuff out of the way before we get into the show. There were some technical difficulties. And uh, some of us did have to drop out of the show early. So uh, we do apologize for that, uh, that you won't get to listen to the entirety of the discussion. But uh, yeah, we still answered pretty much everybody's questions. Um, So yeah, Um, thank you guys so much for sending in your questions. Uh, We really appreciate those. 
Um, we'll say it at the end of the show. But uh, if you have anything you want to send over to the show for us to read on the podcast, uh, you can send us anything, any of your World Trigger questions, anything manga-related, podcast-related over at mangamavericks at gmail.com. Uh, send us as many of those emails as you can. We love getting those. We love reading them on the show. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm just going to stop talking and stalling and whatever, you know, that rambly thing I like to do. And uh, we're just going to get right into your World Trigger Q&As. Um, enjoy the rest of the show. We should probably wrap it up a little bit while first maybe quickly going over some questions uh, as fast as we can. Because, uh, <laughs> we, we, we do have to log on off a little uh, bit here. But uh, yeah, we got a lot, a lot of questions, which I was very happy for. Uh, we actually have some questions from uh, Annalise. Uh, we asked on Sunday before we knew she would be able to come on. Uh, but let's see. Uh, but there is an interesting question you asked, Annalise, that like we didn't get to discuss in this uh, podcast so far. Is like, what characters are our least favorites? Uh, I mean, I know you mentioned Katori, but uh, for everyone else, like, what are your least favorite World Trigger characters? So, I don't really have those. I have elements of certain characters that I would like to see toned down or exaggerated to make them better, but I don't have characters I actively dislike. Like, uh, I would like to see Jin not commit sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah, that I do not like that aspect of Jin's character at yeah, all. That's creepy. Yeah, yeah he's he only done it creepy. twice, but still, I I do not that's appreciate that. Two at times all. too many, buddy. Yeah, that was this, this was was so weird about that. It's like you can't tell whether like I remember I know what scene you guys are talking about. It's that very first one of the very first scenes where it's like he he's like I can't tell if he's about the touch her butt or if he did or if he's just like or if he's or if he's doing that thing where it's like i'm not touching you i'm not touching you <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, like i don't i don't know what that was all about that was weird i think the uh, implication was that that he's uh that he slapped uh um sawamura uh, sawamura and kuma yeah kuma, and kuma guy kuma guy yes uh, um, which the anime the anime actually didn't really know what to do with it uh, so in, instead, uh, instead, uh, I don't remember the, the second case, but but the uh, the first time with Sawamura, uh, they just added uh, Sawamura and uh, Jin flirting a little bit, which was kind of creepy in its own right, since uh, Sawamura is <laughs> is an adult and Jin is is still legally a kid. So yeah, oh, that's weird. Huh. I want to, I don't know, I'm I'm sure it's not this, but I really want to think that, I want to think that Jin is just super oblivious and he just does that thing where it's like, hey guys, good game, smacks on the butt, good game, guys, good game. But it's, pro I know it's not that, but in a better world, he's oblivious, but I don't know, it's, it's such a weird thing. I'm glad he doesn't do it more than twice, but again, like Annalisa said, it, that's twice yeah. too many, so... I, I almost yeah. wonder if it's a... Oshkara's like, I gotta put some fan service in here, right? It's not really this even fan a fan service? service moment. Yeah, it's I'm just like... like... Does, this, does this count? No, it doesn't. <laughs> don't, like, don't do that thing. It's just like, the, oh, guys, we've got to make the, the butterfly guy I meme. And just with this moment, uh, instead of the butterfly, uh, I, I, <laughs> um, is this fan service? 
<laughs> I I don't know. It's just it's so it's like one of those things where it's like, why is that in there? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, not a big fan of that. Hopefully, uh, it never pops up again. But like Wednesday, though, I also don't really have a character I just like. Really, uh, I I think they're because I I think all of them are very interesting and like even like the most rotten apples like uh, Katori like I find interesting. So, um, you know, actually, my least favorite character I think at first used to be um um Kitora, just because I I found her attitude a little annoying. Um, but you know, after discussing her a bit on the show today, I, I kind of, I kind of understand where she's coming from. And I think she, her, her attitude is sort of justified, but I don't know. There are just some points where it's like, man, she's, she, she could be kind of vain sometimes. And that kind of turns me off of her character a little bit, but I, again, I also, I understand where that comes from, but that doesn't mean I always agree with it. But, uh, Alisa, you also asked another question. Uh, which mascot animal is better, Raijin Maru or the head-sitting battle cat? Evil Kitty. Are, are all you guys on Evil Kitty's side? Uh, Raijin Maru, I'm sorry. I'm on Raijin oh. Maru's side. I'm on side Raijin Maru, too. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I love Battle Cat. I really love Battle Cat, but Raijin Maru is just solid, you know? I want a plush of Raijin Maru, so... Yeah, there, ha- there has to be plushes of Raijin Maru out there, right? I mean, I guess you just get a capybara plush. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I will give you that uh, having a capybara as as your mascot is really an original, and I like that. It's also awesome yeah. that Yotaro can ride it around, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, so I guess it's like three versus one uh, Raijin Maru. Okay, and so now we have some questions from Metal Marion uh, EXE, who asks, "What are your favorite squads from the B Rank Wars? And would you be a sniper, gunner, shooter, all rounder, attacker, operator, or trapper?" Uh, there's like multiple questions in one feed, so let's just start at this first one. We should tackle these one at a time. Yeah. Uh, so our favorite squads from the B Rank Wars. Uh, I think for me, it is. I really like Nasu Squad. I just like. Uh, all their designs. I like their individual things going on that they were fighting. You know, kind of like it's kind of it's like definitely like a sports uh shown in narrative. There is like okay, our teammate is moving away, so we are going to like go to the top to do the, be the best uh as we are currently, the best as this team currently is. So it's like we're in our last year of high school. We better yeah, exactly. get this done. <laughs> exactly. Our seniors are graduating. We need to win it for to to honor the memories of our team and our friendship. So it's like, yeah. Uh so I really like that. I, I really like them. I also like that uh Nasu is like this sickly character, but you know, when she's in a triumph party, she's like super skilled and uh you know powerful and i really like that fight she and akuma guy had against uh the galapula girl uh yeah when when lee when oh when show when is when it's when something i think but that was a great fight uh and again uh I, I like both uh, Kakizaki and Katori squad because, again, I, I also thought they had interesting things going on with them in that fight uh, they had with Takakova too. Kakizaki being, you know, he was once on Arashiyama's team, but, like, he 
always had this inferiority conflict. So event when Arashiyama squad became the public face of border, like he kind of quit and moved into the B ranks. And but like there were people who you know respected him when like they saw him on TV a long time ago, and so they joined his team. But like he he's like man, these people who joined my team, they deserve to be way higher ranked than they are. You know, they are so skilled. They work so hard. And I feel like as their captain, I'm just bringing them down. I'm not worthy to have such great teammates. So I really like that team. Uh, and Kakizaki in particular. And then again with the uh, Katori squad, I, I think like their whole, the fact that they're such a dysfunctional group is very interesting to me. And I'm really interested to see like how they'll grow out of that. So I guess those are like my street picks for now. Um, I just want to say I, I like Kakizaki Squad too, if not for the fact that Kakizaki in particular, I feel like him and um, him and Osamu are kind of parallel characters in that they 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 both really just want to be an asset to their team and they don't want to diminish the overall value of their teamwork and their team in general. Um, yeah. So I so as parallels, I find I found him kind of interesting. Um, I have to say, Ikoma Squad is probably my favorite, though. Like, <laughs> like no question, because <laughs> they're they're the funniest. Like, I like I don't make the rules, so <laughs> just accept the truths in life. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say uh, Kageura is probably my favorite. I mean, besides Tomokoma too. That, yeah. yeah, I was just gonna <laughs> yeah. say. Uh, yeah, my favorite B rank squad is Tomokoma too. Yeah, if we're not including Tamakomo 2, uh, I'd have to say Kagura. I like all the characters. I think they're interesting. And Ikoma. I, I like all the B-rank squads generally. I at least enjoy characters in them. But those two, besides Tamakomo 2, are the standout, standouts for me. Well, for, my, for mine, it would be probably... For the dynamic uh, Suzunari one, I um I, I really like uh, the, the way that um, Taichi's uh, uh, character uh, play uh, plays with the uh, with the ah uh, what's the name of the operator Suzunari one? Oh, I in any case, they have a kind of a Tsukami Boke relationship, and and I like that. I like uh, Kuruma's nervousness. Uh, he's actually a good tactician in his own right, and I like that uh, his efforts were appreciated in in the rank battle uh, too in the commentary. And and of course, I uh, I do like um, um, Murakami Murakami's uh, side effect and um, and backstory a lot, um, and his relationship with Arafune. Um, in terms of being utilized in the story, though, yeah, I I do like Kagura Squad Squad the best. Um, especially especially Yuzuru, who um, uh, who ha- who has contributed to uh, Chika's subplot uh, so much. We have Kagura himself, who is a very entertaining character and one of the standout designs. And we have uh, we have the operator ah. I can't remember her name now. Ah, oh, I'm bad with operators. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, she, uh, she, she, she's very, she's very entertaining though. She, uh, she, she's so sleepy. And when uh, uh, Yuzuru arrives with uh, Izuho and Chika, she's just oh, 
young young Emma has uh, has has brought girls uh, to 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 our uh, <laughs> to our room. Oh, should I give you some snacks? Do you want to sit on uh, under a katatsu? I love the detail that she also watches horror movies alone in her room, and she has these creepy grin on her face. So everyone is uh, <laughs> creeped out by it when they enter her room. A lot of great characters. Uh, so yeah, I guess. We answered the next question kind of at the beginning of the show. Would you be a sniper, gunner, shooter, all-rounder, attacker, operator, trapper? We can all answer that we'd be uh, we'd be snipers because we'd be a squad like uh, our Fune squad. Uh, what are your favorite trigger loadout combinations? Uh, I mean, if we were talking about like a, a specific character's set, I'd have to say Cosmos, mostly because it's similar to the type of trigger set I'd want. That kind of ninja sneak up type with Moklaus. That's very important. I guess for me, I like uh, the combination Chica uses for like the rifle she has. And of course, uh, oh, what's it called? The heavy, the lead bullets. Yeah, because like it's specifically a combination that only she could really use because of the, how much triangle she has. Because she has like this very or this rifle that can you know shoot really fast, but like you know uh, it wouldn't normally have as much power behind it, or like you couldn't really do the combination she does without like her specific moveset, so or like her specific you know uh, trying capacity, like the amount of trying she has. So I I like that because it's so unique to the character. It was like a very smart use of what this character's strengths were. Okay, a favorite neighbor. So I, I particularly really like the, um, I like the rabbit design. Oh, the rabbit design is so good. It's cute, but it's also really menacing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's like a bunny on steroids. It's like a bunny with armor, almost. <laughs> I guess if we move on, uh, if you haven't already, recommend the anime Zosi by Kenji Kawai. I listened to it while uh, reading Stu World Trigger on this reread, and yeah, it's actually pretty good. Toei's OCs are usually pretty good. I've I've have ne- never listened to the World Trigger soundtrack, so I guess I'll have to give it a listen later. Okay, who do you like the most for Hanukkah to and why? Uh, I think we all uh, can answer Osamu. Yeah, I think I like Osamu the best out of the three. Annalisa, what's your answer? Oh, I just I can't decide, guys. It's just be a mystery forever. Well, I guess I guess we'll never know. Um. Have you uh, read any of the volume extras, and do you like having that kind of information on the side? Know any other series that have that kind of service from the author? The side info, like Oda's SBS, improve a series for you. We talked about it a little before, but I really love uh, all the information Ashihara includes about how he comes up with characters and like how he thought he used the characters in the stories and what he liked about that and also like his jokey comments in the back uh in the bonus character pages where he'll like be playful with the characters about their character quirks and uh you know background details about them i think it's super great i love when an author you know will give you that extra information anytime an author does it you know i i appreciate it like uh and often it's ta- it's information you know, you, you know you wouldn't get any other way. Like uh, in Black Clover, there's little character bios like Lotus, the old man from the first dungeon arc. He's got a loving wife and kids, but you'd never know that unless you read his little like you know two sentence bio. So I, I I really I really appreciate when authors further expand their universe like that. 
Definitely. I always love reading that stuff. As I always love seeing how, you know, authors create their stories. Um, I don't I see I I feel like I probably missed out in this regard because like I said earlier, I I read through all of World Trigger through by jump issue backlog, whatever you want to call it, and I feel like I probably would have gotten a little bit more out of World Trigger and his characters if I had that info on me. Cause like I'm I mean, I don't know, personally I like I like some of the characters in World Trigger, but I feel like I feel like I kind of mostly just kind of took the series at face value. And I feel like I probably would have gotten more out of the series if I if I had read it through the volumes and I had that extra info uh, with me on hand just to kind of enhance my experience reading it. But uh, yeah, I, I feel I, I kind of I kind of regret just reading it through the volumes because I feel like I kind of missed out a little bit. I'll probably have to go back and uh, buy those volumes at my at my own pace here. Yeah, I especially think with Bird Trigger, there are nuggets of like context Ajihara gives two characters in these character pages that like makes you think about them in an, in a different way than you might if you just read the series without that information about them. Like the how we mentioned before about like that the idea that Mira is going to be in, in a political marriage with either Hyrene or Rambenine. That's like a super interesting detail that's like not addressed in the story itself, but like it makes you think about, hmm, what's going on with these characters from what and like what we're not seeing right now. Like what are what is like their uh, what is there more to them that will that we'll be seeing later, maybe. And uh, the final question from Metal Marin EXT here is, uh, are you put off by Ashihara's sing face designs? Uh well, which we kind of addressed earlier that it's, it's a little bit of mixed. Uh, I don't, most of us are not turned off, but it, it seems like it can cause problems sometimes when recognizing characters. And, uh, will you continue reading if it comes back to serialization? Uh, of course. yes. I think I'll continue reading it, but I'll, again, I'll probably read it in chunks unless, unless, unless it's a part of the story that I'm like really, really, really into. I, like I said, I dropped it initially because I think I just like reading the B rank war arc in particular in chunks rather than weekly, especially since they're very like action focused, action heavy chapters most of the time. So I feel like I get more out of matches when I, when I can read a complete match in one sitting, but that's just me personally. I hear that. I think they are stronger reading in chunks like that. I will continue reading it week to week, but I definitely think that uh, now that I've gone through the experience of reading it through the volume format and seeing how the story plays out that way and also like really appreciating how the story flows in when you read it in chunks, I probably will do that more often when more World Trigger graphic novels come out. Like After they come out, I read it in the graphic novel format. Just all in one sitting and see uh, how it, how it plays out. And uh, of course, uh, I think we all wanted to come back. Uh, and so her final question is: Is there something about Ashihara's work that you like? Uh, humor, plot foreshadowing, etc. I like his characters. I like his character writing. I mean, like I like pretty much everything about his work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think his characters are very strong and interesting. And yeah, I know that's kind of a general answer, but. Yeah, I really like uh, the way Ashihara has constructed, you know, the story and how much thought he put into the story. Details like about the other members of Tamakoma branch, like uh, when he first set up Tamakoma branch, like we had these glimpses of, you know, two characters from the back. Uh, ooh, forget their names, like uh, 
one of them names is one of them is also named Rindo, and then the other one is like the guy who's uh, masquerading as a Canadian, but is actually a neighbor. <gasps> <laughs> and it's like yeah <laughs> so he established that these characters were also a part of this branch like back in when he first introduced tomacoma branch but it took like over a hundred chapters in almost three years until he actually introduced them into the story so i really like that he's thought out the story and like the details of the world so thoroughly and that just makes it very interesting to me to see how everything is going to play out and also, like, what more he might have in store, because it seems like he's building a world that's as, like, that is as uh, a deep and, you know, uh, ha- history, it has as much history as, like, you know, the world of One Piece, even. So I'm really, I'm really intrigued by that. I, I guess I, I really enjoy the, um, for what little we got in the beginning, I, I really do enjoy when World Trigger is a political drama. I think those are some of the those are some of the aspects of his writing we get the least out of everything in the series, but that's probably when when I personally like World Trigger the most is basically just seeing these different factions kind of battle against each other and trying to outsmart each other, uh, especially when you have, you know, people from Aftocrater kind of in the mix what with uh, Anadora, you know, basically you're interrogating him, trying to get all this info about Aftocrater and then... You know, uh, try basically just trying to work with the neighbors in general. So I really like a lot of that. I like those kinds of subplots in in the writing in general. But uh, I don't know. So, like I I like Ashihara's writing, but I'm also kind of in this weird mix where like th- there are things I like about his writing, but like somehow his I think it's because his writing, especially when it comes to his characters, is so like subdued and and whatnot it like doesn't stand out to me almost i don't know i I have a hard time describing my feelings on his writing honestly hmm that's fair but that does it for questions from uh metal mary and yixi thank you for asking all those great questions and we still have quite a few more to go so let's talk about a question from at yikui who asks when will ashihara create a manga and uh, uh we don't know but you know we hope that uh it will continue uh, when Ashihara is healthy and able. I mean, obviously, when we get some kind of news about some return of World Trigger, you can be sure we'll discuss it on the podcast. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan at LOL283 asked, why is World Trigger the best sports manga? And we talked about <laughs> that earlier in the podcast, so I don't think we'll go uh, too much into it here, but... It is, yes, it is. <laughs> See, my so so my dick answer is I Shield Twenty One and Slam Dunk exist. I'm sorry, those are the rules. Um, <laughs> but um, my my actual answer is, you know, I don't think it's the best sports manga, but I mean, like, I that is something I like about World Trigger is that Ashihara purposely incorporates these, uh, you know, aspects of a of a sports manga into like it, it's. World Trigger is such a is such a good like combination of both a battle and sports series, and I think that's one of the things that like makes it unique amongst um you know amongst other series in the magazine. I agree. And at Red Star sixty four asks, which agents from the Rank Wars do you expect to see later in the series, and which ones are you the most excited to see? 
Uh, I think we'll see most of the, like the top ranked uh, B characters that have gotten a lot of focus. Like I think we'll definitely see Ko Murakami. I think we'll see Ikoma. I think we'll see uh, Nishomiya. Ninomiya. God, I always get <laughs> mixed up. I think we'll see Kage. I think we'll see Yuzuru. Like all the characters that have gotten a real focus outside of uh, the rank wars and have like a connection to Tamakoma 2, I think we'll see again. I think they'll go on the uh, expedition. I was going to say, I, I I guess out of the ones c- that are coming on the expedition, I, I want to learn more about Kagura because I feel like there's potential for him to be a really interesting character. Yeah, I, I'm hoping for more on uh, Kagura and um, uh, Zoe because he's the least developed out of his out of the Kagura squad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I also assume we're just going to see kind of the higher ranked, you know, Ninomiya, Kagura... Ikoma, maybe. Maybe not all of Ikoma squad, but probably Ikoma himself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and that does it for Reddit questions. I mean, uh, Twitter questions. And so now we'll move on to Reddit questions. Uh, we have some questions from Alaska S, who asks, How do you view Asamu's growth over the series? Excellent. Awesome. He's perfect. Yeah, his his growth, you know, it makes sense. It's very interesting, and I think he goes through some good development. I think it's the heart of the series and a large part of what makes it so endearing to me. The next question is, do you agree with a big part of the community's opinion that the World Trigger power system is one of the best and not the best in the manga world? It's an interesting claim. I never really thought about it like that. I, I don't like thinking of... Uh like power systems and power levels so i I never really thought about it either but yeah that that kind of stuff doesn't really necessarily interest me because i think it's more like the power system in terms of how the triggers are used more so than like the ranking idea of which characters are stronger i think it's more like kind of like uh, kind of how the characters use their powers like how the combination of triggers the types of trigger users there are I really like it. Um, I mean, I, I'm biased, but I'd say a lot of things in World Trigger are, you know, up there with being the best. So, yes, it's very good. <laughs> I'd, I'd say in that sense, I think it's pretty good, too. Um, I, I think it's an interesting it's an interesting system kind of on s- sort of on the level of like, you know, the Nen system, except not as, you know, not as overly detailed, I guess, or as expansive. I think I really like how well thought out the system is. And I think that it's I kind of like I like systems that are intricate and they have nuances to them. And there's like so many and just opens itself up for different a lot of different strategies. It's kind of like what I like about Nen and Hunter Hunter. And uh, Colton has uh, had to bow out for now, but we've got Wednesday Dale back, and we're going to finish up these questions from Alaska S. Let's talk about uh, what is your opinion on the non-main character arc of the manga? Would you like to see something like this again? Yes. I love it. I love that we get so much information about the, the side characters. It's fantastic. I think it really populates the world well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um this definitely makes it seem like like uh, border is, is in a real world like uh oh, those those relationships between uh, characters are so good um everything is connected this is how i imagine a very expansive world 
uh, in a series should be like. Well, Trigger is definitely a great exam- example of that. Yeah, when multiple characters have like their own stories going on and feel fleshed out, it really makes the world feel more like lived in. Like it doesn't like because rev- a lot of times it, I feel like the worlds of some series revolve around a certain character. But with World Trigger, I really feel it is a world populated with different characters all striving to do their own things, and their paths intersect in interesting ways. And I really appreciate that. Uh, next question. Do you view the non-sexual portrayal of the female characters refreshing or boring? I find it refreshing. Very refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's like, I I, I find, because I, I, I don't like the fact that a lot of manga characters sexualize, specifically in like shonen series, uh, because a lot of characters are underage, and also it's just so lopsided on female characters being sexualized, and it's like, it, I think that just sends a wrong message, and I don't like it. And I, I think that focusing on the character first and not having any of this sexualized betrayal uh, is just so much better and just so much... Uh, it, it allows... The, it, it allows... I don't like the characters being objectified so i like that the characters are just characters and they're treated equally yeah and there's there's nothing wrong with that character being sexy but yeah this this series puts the character first and it's it doesn't just you know it doesn't make it so yeah they're just a sexy character on the sidelines and you know it's they're a character yeah i really respect ashihara for that Although, so I've seen the anime. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yes, it does have its own um, beach slash uh, water park episode in the filler arc. Well, it's toy animation. It's got to do what it's got to do. So, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, considering what they've done with uh, One Piece, like, you know, that's already pretty pervy, but... Uh, Oof, the anime just makes it so much worse. Yeah, totally animation. Yeah, don't trust them with the fan service, even on the most uh, chaste of series. Yeah, especially... Uh, didn't didn't One Piece have uh, recently a controversy with uh, one of the recently introduced characters? Yeah, with Bello Betty, which, honestly, I don't think there should be as much controversy over that character as there's been. Because, okay, so the big thing with Bello Betty is that she doesn't wear a shirt, right? She just has this jacket, and it's just covering her boobs, but she's, like, not wearing a shirt. So, like, and she's not wearing a bra. So it's like, they're just hanging out there, and it's like, Okay, but, you know, the thing in that chapter itself, it's like we don't have exploitative shots of her that emphasize that. The character just is the way she is. And it's not even called attention to the fact that she's not wearing a bra or a shirt or anything. There's no forced fan service moments in that chapter. Yeah, the the, the male gaze is toned down. Yeah, so I'm not super... I don't super like Betty's design. But I also feel like the conversation around it, especially like the vitriolic conversation that's kind of happened surrounding it, that's like been heated and been bitter. And, you know, I've, I've just seen some very heated conversations that I feel uh, did not have to be the way they are. Because, like, to me, this is one of the most benign uh, character design choices that Oda has done with a female character. And there's not, it's not offensive to me, at least. I don't see it as offensive as something like, 
You know, when Smoker in the Punk Hazard arc, when he was in Tashigi's body, he, like, ripped open her jacket and, like, had, like, her boobs uh, hanging out. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, because with that, it's not even Tashigi's, uh, Tashigi's choice. It's like Smoker is, like, appropriating, like, her body. It's like, it's like uh, vi- kind of, like doing something with her body without her permission. So it's like, it feels more exploitative. It feels more uncomfortable there with, with this, with Bella, Betty, she's like fully in control of herself. She's like, she, she has her own agency. So I don't mind that. Like she has kind of a, she has a risque character design because in the context of her character, she is making a conscious choice and is proud of that. And it's not something that bothers her. Well, yeah, although, um, well, having her own agency, she is still a fictional character created by a straight male. Yeah, Uh, but but, but, when we have to extend the conversation backwards (laughs) even to that, uh, then none of the characters have their own agency. So just in the context of the story, we have to... Yeah. Yeah, I get you. For for, for example, I I find find it much more annoying and uncomfortable. Uh, for example, when it, c- it comes to Jin's hijinks, or uh, whenever Minata appears in My Hero Academia, it's essentially while uh, while the conversation about the female body is getting creepy in the universe. Yeah, I mean that is always a problem when it's like with One Piece in particular. Uh, you know, there's uh, like with a uh, film Z. Which I guess is anime thing, but like we have Sanji kind of perving out a little bit over like oh, the young Nami. It's like you know stuff like that when it happens is uncomfortable, especially when it's a character we're supposed to like. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, um, fortunately Sanji w- was was redeemed lately by by the by the uh, Totland arc. So shall we save the conversation for 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 our One Piece podcast? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Uh, and the, so the final question from uh, Alaska Esk is, the author is not afraid to let his characters fail. Do you think Asamu and his unit will ex- succeed? Uh, in terms of going on the away team, I think so. I think they will succeed in that. But there is this uneasiness Asamu's feeling before their match with Kagura squad, Azuma squad, and uh, Suzanari won. So who knows? For they might lose their next match, but I feel like ultimately it, it they will end up going on the away mission. Yeah, the, they are probably gonna lose the first one due to um, you know not not yet having experience as a team with Husei, um, and and then then win the next one. Uh, and uh, then make the cut for the neighborhood expedition, but uh, s- still, it uh, it probably doesn't mean that um, that we don't have um, that we don't have much many more hurdles in in the development. Because uh, so you've made some speculations um, on the future of the series. So uh, what I would find interesting is uh, you know either Kazama or T- Tachikawa becoming the leader of the away expedition. And um, the next hurdle um, being to um, proving that they can be useful in recon teams, since due to Chica having to stay on the ship, uh, they um, may be assigned to guard it, uh, bringing Husei out only when necessary. 
Oh yeah. Also, Karasawa is planning. Um, is uh, is suggesting that Husei should be killed. Um, just when they go to Eftokrator. So, <laughs> I don't think uh, they will betray Husei like that. Uh, I don't think Husei will betray them in in quite the way at least we're expecting. I feel like I feel like they will succeed ultimately in getting to Eftokrator. And like, I don't know what Husei is going to do, but I think that he's going to stay on their side ultimately. Yeah, if I may make a prediction here, I think that a huge point, um, a plot point being in the future is that when they eventually find a lead to uh, Chika's brother and friend, Osama and the others will have to break away from Border and go off on their own. I would find this interesting, although I'm not, I'm not sure how World Trigger would be interesting in a non-institutionalized setting. Like, when the Promised Neverland stopped being in a grace field, it became uh, less and less interesting. Do you think uh, the same could happen in World Trigger once the away mission happens? I don't think necessarily, because there's going to be more institutions in the form of the other societies of the neighbor worlds that they'll probably have to operate within, or at least, like... Because they are in a military structure still, in terms of how Border is run as an agency, there will still be rules into how they operate and how they engage in combat and how they employ their tactics. So I, I feel like even if we lose the like sports element of it from the rank wars, like we're still going to keep the institutionalized like military element of Border. Yeah, especially since Ashihara Sensei seems like a, a much better planner than uh, Shirai Sensei. Well, I mean, I feel, I, I, I have a, I, I'm more positive on uh, Promise Overland than uh, than you are, but um, yeah, I, I feel, I do think that Ashihara will make the transition from these rank wars to that and to the expedition arc a lot more smoothly than Promise Neverland did from leaving Gracefield to where it is now. And then we have a question from Rainy Boy who asks, what do you think about Ashihara not communicating? I don't think that's a bad sign necessarily. I just think that Ashihara will only say something once, you know, he's ready to come back. So we don't have any indication that like his health is like worsening. I think, uh, you know, it's, it might be improving bit by bit, but uh, I don't, I don't think it's like anything to worry about necessarily. I just think that, you know, they will only make an uh, announcement of when World Trigger is coming back when it's ready to come back. Yeah. Nothing to add really. Electroxio asks, here's a couple of questions. Uh, have you seen the Primo adaptation dub? Uh, if so, what do you think about the dub and their take on the storyline? I've seen clips and stuff, and uh, I, we, can't, we mentioned it before, but I think the voices are fine. I th- just think like the voice direction that the actors are given isn't always the best. I think that uh, Yuma's voice is spot on. Uh, I don't think the clips uh, that uh, that I saw uh, um, the pro- the promotional clips really represent um, Ashihara's humor or uh, just just you know just uh, writing in general um, very well. So, so I, I don't think they're really all that good, and I I don't think they're gonna advertise will trigger well. Yeah, I don't. I'm not very impressed with their world trigger promotions. They're pretty. They're just not exciting enough, you know, they're just pretty, 
they feel like all cut from the same template, honestly, with like their character promos in particular. They seem uh, like the most generic generic thing ever. So I don't know if they've changed the storyline at all. Uh, if they're if they have, maybe. But uh, as far as the just the dub performances go and the promotions go, uh, mediocre, mediocre, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, at least just based on what we've seen of it. Could you imagine if, if the World Trigger dub uh, got the uh, four kids treatment? <laughs> I mean, at least it'd be on Saturday mornings on a channel more people would see. Hopefully, uh, what do you what do you think this uh, the sniper rifles would be replaced with? I they probably would just call it a sniper rifle. They like they I think they would just remove all references to that and stuff. Just paintball guns. Yeah, actually, they would they would recolor the rifles. Uh, they would do that, so it looks more like uh, water guns or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, when they get to the large-scale invasion, ah, oh, oh, we're gonna defeat the enemy with the, with those water guns. <laughs> we're gonna smash them real hard. Yeah. Oh, Asamu had ketchup packets in his pocket. The Asamu, they're leaking out. <laughs> you fell down too hard, dude. <laughs> Why'd you ketchup in your pocket? <laughs> get get rid of those suction cups, Yuma. <laughs> Oh, oh man, Asami, you're so clumsy. You tripped over. It's I thought if she barely she had missed attacking you, but you tripped over anyway. <laughs> and uh, uh, Osama, I would imagine would uh, would have would have like the least appropriate vo- voice ever. Like, uh, like, hello, I'm Osama, and I think th- this is the thing I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a hero. Oh boy. Four <laughs> <sighs> kids doves. What a memory. So speaking of faithless, uh, do you feel their portrayal of Osama is faithful to how Ashiara portrays him in the manga? So, like our opinion on like Osamu's English dub voice actor. Uh, yeah. It, it's. I think the voice is fitting. But man, I, I, did they change like the characterization? I I don't really remember. Uh, I'm just really sad that they didn't hire me to do it. <laughs> I mean, seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, did you send them your voice feel? Ah, that that must have been my mistake. Ah, maybe it'd also have to be from Canada. Ah, ah, oh, th- th- there you go. Then then Doctor Nova could do it. Yeah, <laughs> they should have fired him. Okay, uh, next set of questions here comes from the sleepy guy who asks, what can you say about the character development in the series? Was it too slow for a normal shonen anime? Uh, I thought the character development moved on a good clip. I think we got to know Osamu and Yuma pretty fast enough. I mean, when you're reading in a volume format, it definitely reads faster than I guess it did when you were reading it weekly. Uh, to get to the point where, like, we find out Yuma's backstory and kind of humanize him a little bit from, like, the kind of, you know, arrogant, the super perfect character he kind of was introduced as. You know, that that's at, like, chapter 20 when we get his backstory. So that is, like, five months to get there. But in the grand scheme of things, I think Ashihara laid out the character development at a good pacing for the most part. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that uh, chapter 2 was really good in, in establishing Yuma as 
you know, Mr. Culture Clash and uh, mm-hmm. ju- just having his development and his conflict be, okay, Osamu sees potential in him being a humanoid neighbor, so, uh, like, probably the enemy from from his standpoint, but, uh, you know, he seems like a pretty cool guy and, uh, you know, maybe... We could uh, we could keep him safe and uh, take him on our side and you know be friends with a neighbor. So that's basically the conflict and um and I, I think it makes for quite a good one. Uh, this next question is: Would you consider Osama's position as the main character in the series similar or on par with other tactical leader characters like Sherway from Lock Horizon or Momonoga slash Lord Ains from Overlord? I don't have a whole lot of experience with those series. I don't know them at all. Yeah. Hmm. But, like, compare. See, Osamu to me is unique because he is the main character of his series, whereas similar characters to him, I feel, would be in the supporting role. I'm thinking of, like, characters who are normal, but, you know, do their best to help out the cause at the end of the day or like show that you know they have something to add to the, a, a situation that makes their skills and presence valuable like i like yako from nero is like a normal girl but just from being around nero so much and because she unlike nero she has empathy and she understands human emotions well she's able to uh solve crimes or like help nero solve crimes that he couldn't do on his own or like best boy Usopp, who um, who is indeed an odious surrogate because because of his weakness, but uh, but isn't you know a blank slate uh, like someone in that position usually would. And um, I also I also commend Osamu for that because he also has a really strong characterization. Yeah, exactly. It's, so yeah, that's and what i think makes usama unique is that he's the main character of a series when in another series he would probably just be a supporting character or um well in a harem manga he would be a main character <laughs> well yeah, yeah in a harem manga but like in a, he would be overshadowed in a harem manga by other characters because the main character of a harem manga is the least interesting character usually uh but usamu is like one of the most, if not the most interesting characters from World Trigger. And uh, let's leave you guys' final question. Any thoughts concerning the future of the series, given that the hiatus was set in the middle of the Rank Wars? I think they'll just continue on with the Rank Wars uh, until, like, that reaches its conclusion, and then after that we'll get the uh, expedition. Yeah, so, so we said a little bit about this. I I think um, maybe a s- Sometime, sometime in the uh, neighborhood expedition, Jin may allow himself to become either the prisoner of Husei's or his uh, liege lord. Uh, he, he's gonna assist Husei in some fashion and then manipulate uh, kind of the situation to negotiate peace between Earth and a faction in Eftokrator. By by which point we may get to know a little about the infighting and about the different sides in Eftokrator, which we have been teased already with uh, a high range plot to get rid of Enadora and Husei. Oh, and and finally, uh, one last p- prediction: in the neighborhood world, Osama has to overcome his worst enemy, Zapdos. <laughs> <laughs> That's <it. laughs> 
Oh, uh, and Frosh is there too, of course. Uh, of course. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, World Trigger Pokemon crossover win. Uh, yeah, Yash Yash should totally make Chris's benefit canon. <laughs> <laughs> Either either that, or I would be just happy if if Ashihara Sensei just just read them. Yes. So I hope someone's brought them to his attention. Or at least I hope someone will at some point. I would really love to know Ashihara's thoughts on those. I guess the next question from Halen221 is why do the side of Osamu's glasses vanish in profile view? Uh, they've also noticed this in Your Light in April. Uh, this is an artistic choice, mainly, just to see a character's eyes uh, when they're in profile view for glasses wearing characters, because otherwise, like, they would normally, like, the frame of the glasses would pro- just cover the eyes, but, like, by having those uh, just, like, kind of be see through, you can see their eyes, and that gives, like, more emotion to a character. Yeah, it's 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 like how uh, sometimes uh, you can see uh, the, a character's eyes through the through the fringe or the eyebrows, especially. So so it's, so it's basically to make the art more expressive. It's just a good artistic shorthand for when you have a glass ring character. And uh, how is a black trigger power determined? I think it's based on what the original users' like powers were before they died, and is an amplified version of that. Maybe they don't explicitly say, but okay. I thought they mean the uh, how is a uh, black trigger distinguished? Uh, how is it recognized? Um, well, um, uh, in oh, comparison like how to a f- regular tr- trigger, I would just say um, the color. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a black like if it's a black trigger, like from experience, they know that it's going to be more powerful than normal triggers. Yes, um, especially since you probably have Trine soldiers or uh, something else on the um, engineering team of Meden, where you can measure the type and um, you know size of your Trion, like Replica did for um, for Osama and Chika. Uh, their next question is: Why does Kage Ura wear a mask? Is he a germaphobe? They don't explicitly say why he wears a mask, I think. But uh, he might wear a mask just to hide his pointy teeth, which might scare people away. Yeah, th- that was my exact thought. <laughs> That's my headcanon there. <laughs> uh, Satellite of Lovely asks, Do you have any theories of how and when Chica will actually have to kill? Personally, I think it'll be during the Neo Mia rematch. Uh, because before the series went on hiatus, it heavily implied that Osama and Yura were going to direction directly address Chica's issue pretty soon. Yeah, I think definitely there will come a point where Chica will be pushed to actually shoot someone, not with a lead bullet, just, you know, shoot to eliminate them. Uh, I don't know if that will happen. I feel like it should happen in the rank wards so that, you know, she'd be prepared to do it uh, when they do the exposition. But it could be interesting that she'd have she'd have to you know without the crutch of you know fighting in a safe environment, a controlled environment like the rank wars, like on the battlefield, she will have to shoot to kill. Uh, I think that's going to be like a really interesting dilemma for her when she gets to that crossroad. I don't know when it'll happen, but I do think it will happen. You know what would be interesting 
Okay, Ninamiya is one thing, but maybe the first time she shoots someone, she shoots Yuzuru. Oh, that's perfect. Since they are fighting against them, and she could prove this way that she doesn't need him to go and protect her. Oh, yeah, especially if he, like, is guiding her to pull the trigger on him. Like, she's he's trying to help her overcome her barrier and by by sacrificing himself in the match. And also, you know, because he, he sees so much of Hadahara in her. Uh, yeah. And he, and he has so much regret for, like, what happened to her. So, like, him having a chance to help Chica, you know, overcome her mental block and be able to shoot people... While sacrificing himself in the inevitable rematch with Ninomiya Squad, oh man, that would be a perfect. That would be an amazing thing to see happen. Yeah, essentially, uh, he puts himself in plain sight, and uh, either she shoots him, or uh, or someone else will uh, take that point. Hmm, that would be interesting. Man. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Ashiar handles this because I feel it'll be, it'll be satisfying either way. But man, I really like that this idea. And then the final question we have on Reddit is from Versus PhD, who asks, "Being that Masamune Kudo is the highest authority figure in the Border HQ, do you think he will possess a secretive black figure of his own? Speculation-wise, how strong is Kido as a fighter?" and I kind of like the theory we put out earlier in the podcast that Kido is actually not a fighter. He's actually not a strong character at all in, in terms of like combat ability. He, he himself was also kind of like Osamu in that he's more of a tactical uh, leader type character. And that's why he's head of Border HQ. But like in terms of a fight, you know, he's not the strongest guy in the room. I, I think that is probably uh, Shinoda for sure. So I'm I'm very interested in seeing if that turns out to be true. But yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued about uh, what the Kido's history is with the former Border HQ, uh, his relationship with Yugo Kuga, all of that stuff. You know that uh, they they recently uh, revealed that uh, Osamu is uh, is living in uh, Kido's room right now. So, mm-hmm. so maybe we could discover some more pictures from his past. Like we can discover that he wa- uh, that before he uh, became the um, the chief of border, he was an operator. That would be interesting. Oh, that that would yeah. He was rocking that min- miniskirt. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how he got his scar then. Uh, did he just tr- fall a trip on the job or something? I don't- <laughs> That would be amazing. Either that or my theory is correct, and um, it's actually not a scar, but a, a spaghetti noodle. <laughs> he just, just had it on his face <laughs> for all these years, and no one has the heart to tell him that it's still on his face. They just ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, th- that would be perfect. Uh, because you must admit, it doesn't look like a scar in the manga. No, not really. I mean, sometimes it does. Sometimes it it feels out of it. It looks a little off. So, eh, who knows? He's scary enough that 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 I could believe that uh, no one uh, would uh, just tell him. Yeah, <laughs> they don't want to upset him. Oof. But thank you, everyone, for all your great questions. Uh, we got so many. I'm always 
I'm always super happy to answer a lot of questions on these, even if we did last two of our uh, podcast mates in the process of recording the, the Q&A section here. And that is going to be about it for the show. Thank you guys so much for sending in your uh, World Trigger questions. And uh, we really enjoyed answering those. And so, yeah, that's, that's going to be about it. Uh, we want to thank everybody for uh, joining us on, on this uh, long, extensive World Trigger discussion, uh, starting with Annalisa Chrisman, the letterer of World Trigger for Viz Media and Weekly Shonen Jump. Uh, so definitely go uh, buy the World Trigger volume so you can support her work and basically just support World Trigger in general. Um, and uh, yeah, you should uh, also go follow Annalisa on Twitter at Kaito Ace. That's K-A-I-T-O-U underscore Ace. So, yeah, follow her on Twitter. And uh, uh, on her Twitter, you can find out how to join the unofficial Osamu Mikomo fan club. Um, I mentioned it on the show uh, last time, but uh, I basically sent in my request to become a member. And I am now officially member 100 of the Osamu Mikomo fan club. Yeah, so I got my card and everything, and it's all cool and and shiny and everything. And, uh, yeah, so um, that's cool. And... uh, I want to thank Annalisa for letting me be a part of that club. Um, I guess it was only a matter of time. Um, I am now one of them or one of us or and all that. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, and we also would like to thank Wensley Dale Cheddar uh, for coming on the show, the uh, the director and voice of Osamu for uh, the World Trigger Bridge series, uh, World Triggered. Um, I feel really bad for the guy because I guess... Um, I, I guess World Triggered was uh, just taken down again from YouTube recently, which is unfortunate. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, basically, as soon as that's back up on YouTube, uh, I'm sure Wensleydale will uh, let everybody know on his Twitter. And you could follow him at Wensley Cheddar. Um, so go follow him if you want to make sure you get the latest updates on the status of World Triggered. Um, again, uh, sorry about sorry to hear that, buddy. Uh, good good luck fighting the copyright monsters or whatever uh, for, or whatever they're called. I don't know. Um, I think they're called copyright laws. I don't know why I call them monsters. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, hopefully that gets back up on YouTube soon. Um, and as for Sid, my good friend and co-host, um, go ahead and follow all his stuff. Um, you could follow him on Twitter, especially at Lum Ramayasha. Um, he's been posting on there a little bit more frequently and, and I enjoy that. I enjoy seeing Sid being a little more active on Twitter. And let's see, I guess uh, that only that leaves me, uh, Colton. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SniperKing323. Um, I do a bunch of manga threads. I won't list them all here. Um, uh, I, I, I think I said this last week of the show, but I really need to like do a pinned tweet of those or something. I need to collect those in case anyone's interested. I don't know how many people actually keep up with those. Um, I feel like it's pre- presumptuous of me to assume that I have, I have people who actually look forward to those. But I don't know, that's... That's that's just me, um, but yeah, follow me on Twitter, CyberKing three two three. I do a few other podcasts such as Life Lessons, the Gintama Manga Cast, uh, where I basically talk about Gintama via the old Viz Media release uh, that was unfortunately canceled. Um, but you can find that at gintalifelessons.wordpress.com, and you could also find me hosting uh, One Podcast Prevails along with my good friend Doctor from the Ask Backwards Anime Podcast. Uh, you could find that at onepodcastprevails.com. Uh, basically, we talk about Detective Conan slash Case Closed. Um, so it's a fun show. I really love recording it, and I really like talking about Detective Conan. 
uh, even if I'm not super all the way caught up, uh, I still love talking about it. I still love reading it. I still love watching it. So yeah, please go listen to that show. I have a lot of fun recording that show with Dr. Um, and as for Manga Mavericks and All Comic, um, you could find all of our podcasts over at all-comic.com. That's where they're all uploaded first. You can also find us on facebook.com slash all.comic or on twitter.com slash allcomic underscore. But if you want to follow Manga Mavericks specifically, you want to follow us on Twitter at manga underscore Mavericks. You can also follow us on mangamavericks.tumblr.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash manga mavericks. Um, and you can also email us anything about uh, World Trigger, manga, the podcast. Um, basically, just send us an email and we'll read it on the show. And you can email us about anything related to the podcast or manga over at uh, mangamavericks at gmail.com. Uh, but the most important thing, guys, is that you subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever you call it. Um, giving us a rating and reviewing our show really helps the visibility of our podcast and whatnot. Uh, so if you have the time to and you feel up to it, um, go ahead and leave us something. That would be really appreciated. Uh, but anyway, so uh, this has been an episode of the Manga Mavericks podcast, and we will see you guys next time for episode 50. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.